Oh, thank you. I know you all think I'm under 18, but I'm actually not. Just thought I'd let that little secret out the bag. Um, I've got the privilege of introducing our three amazing speakers. We've got a 19-year-old, a 16-year-old, and an 18-year-old going to preach the Word of God to us this morning. But I just wanted to say, as many of you have already discovered, we, we've learned in youth that actually world change, world change comes from heart change. And we know that God wants to use us to bring his kingdom, to see miracles happen, to do beautiful things. But often that comes from a place of revelation of who God is and who he's called us to be. And so that, with that in mind, I've got Abby and Tanaka, who are both going to share a little bit of their story in terms of the area of identity and what God has shown them and spoken to them about him and about them. And then the amazing Sachin is going to share with us about the power of the gospel and bring in God's kingdom where he goes. So with no further ado, can I welcome up the amazing Abby Tuffin. Thank you so much. That was a bigger applause than this morning, so thank you. I feel very welcomed. Hi, everybody. My name's Abby, like Carol said. I'm 19 years old, and I've been raised here at King's Arms. Um, I went through all of Kears and all of youth, and actually, I loved it so much, I couldn't bear to leave. So halfway through my internship with youth, and I'm loving it so far. It's been amazing. This morning, I am going to be speaking to you for a few minutes about identity and my journey and my revelation with that. Hebrews 4.12 tells us the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This verse is telling us the word of God cuts in. It sorts us out. It sorts out our thoughts. It sorts out our mind. It's very, very good. Very, very helpful. What I'm going to be talking about this morning sounds like it's going to be all about me, all about my story. But actually, this is a story of what God can do by the power of his word. If I were to ask you, some, who of you here, at some point in your life has either felt not good enough or you've compared yourself to somebody else or wanted to change something about yourself, who can relate to that? Who would join me putting their hands up? Absolutely. Right, we've all been there. We've all had times where we felt insecure. We've battled with some sort of insecurity. And this has been a real journey for me. I know what it's like to go through seasons of not feeling good enough. I'm not sure what the battle is for you guys, whether that's how well you're doing in school or in your career, how big your house is, what you look like, or how many kids you've got, how many dogs you've got, whatever it is, you are not alone. For me, it started when I was a younger teenager, when I was around 12. I really struggled with loving myself because of how I looked and who I was. And I don't really remember specific details, but I know it was a very dark time for me. And I was very sad and very angry a lot of the time because I wanted to be somebody else, but I knew that I couldn't. I couldn't be anybody but who I was, who I was made to be. One thing I do remember was asking my mom to buy me a denim shirt from Primark because I saw Miley wear one on Hannah Montana. And obviously, who doesn't want to be exactly like Hannah Montana? I certainly did. So mum bought me that shirt. And that was kind of the start of me trying to satisfy this feeling of not being good enough. And I would try and fulfill it with clothes or with makeup and just try my hardest to be anybody else. And as I got older, I started getting social media, especially Instagram. And on there, I would be following girls who portrayed their life as perfect, when we obviously we knew it would, wasn't. But I would be, try and be them and try and be like them, try and buy the clothes they were wearing and do the things they were doing. And that just wasn't going to fulfill me. 
Honestly, I was miserable and looking for fulfillment and affirmation in a totally the wrong places, totally the wrong things. And that's how I've been living for quite a few years. And I became a Christian when I was 16, kind of right at the peak of this battle with insecurity, right kind of when I was really not doing particularly well. And the night I became a Christian, Jesus really did something in me, did something amazing in me. I felt joy that I hadn't felt for ages, and I felt peace that I hadn't felt for ages. When I gave my life to God, I knew that I was handing everything over to him. By believing in him as the perfect creator who created everything, I also needed to believe that he made me perfectly. And I knew that I would have to change something about the way that I was thinking because it wasn't godly and it wasn't the way he wanted me to think about who I was. That was kind of a revelation moment for me. So the creator of the universe who made the moon and the stars, and everything that I see is beautiful, he made me too. And I knew that in my head. I knew it my whole life. I'd heard it my whole life. But my question was, how do I actually believe that in my heart? How do I live my life out knowing that God made me? I heard some really amazing advice from some very wise people. Um, They all pointed me to scripture because that's the word of God. And 2 Timothy tells us that it's God-breathed. The word of God is God-breathed, which means it's all from him. Let me tell you some of these amazing scriptures that I found. And as I read them, let God just speak them over to you again. They might come back up on the board, so feel free to read them or just let them kind of soak into you. Psalm 139 verse 13 says, You knit me together in my mother's womb. It goes on to say, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Genesis 1:27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Ephesians 2.20, we are God's masterpiece. Jeremiah 29.11, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. 1 Peter 3, verse 3 to 4, do not be concerned about the outward beauty. You should clothe yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. And they are just a small number of scriptures about our identity. The Bible talks so greatly about who we are, about our creation, about what God thinks of us. And, you know, just the other week, I was feeling a bit rubbish. I was having a bit of a down day like I have had in the past. I had an evening at home and I made a decision. Rather than distracting myself with Netflix, online shopping, hanging out with friends, whatever it was, I made a decision to pick up my Bible and read the Word of God. And, you know, I honestly so would have rather have done the other and had a little pity party for myself, just felt very sad and mellowed in that for the evening. That sounded great. But I knew picking up the word of God was powerful. And I am so glad I made that decision. I read some of these, um, these scriptures that I just mentioned and had, again, like another revelation moment with them. I realized, again, that I am his masterpiece. And I didn't just know it again like I'd heard it my whole life. I knew it deep down that he made me perfectly without fault. He looks at me and he loves what he sees. And God is so kind and he looks to our heart. That's what 1 Peter 3 tells us. Don't be concerned about outward beauty. In other words, don't be so worried about what you look like. Outward beauty fades. Clothes fade. Hair falls out eventually. God loves, loves our hearts. He looks to our hearts. He looks at who we are. How we love people. How we spend our time when no one else is around. How we spend our money. That's what he looks to. And I should be working on my gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God by reading his word and spending more and more time with him. Do you know that you were knit together in your mother's womb? Do you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? 
Do you know that you are God's masterpiece? Do you know that he has more thoughts about you than there are grains of sand? That is just crazy. That is just crazy. Do you know that he gave his one and only son to die for you? This is what the truth is. This is where our identity should lie, in this solid truth that does not change. Whether you're having an amazing day, feeling 10 out of 10, the best you've ever felt, or you're feeling rubbish, don't even want to leave the house, this truth still remains. He still has a plan to prosper us. We are still fearfully and wonderfully made. He still loves us. We are still his workmanship. I want you to know this, not just in your head. We've heard it a thousand times, but do you live your day-to-day life out confident knowing who you are? Your life is so precious, and you are so precious to God. And I want you to know this deep down, deep down in your hearts. You know, I don't feel amazing every day. I still have days where I don't feel like this is the truth. But I know that if we meditate on this, if we meditate on reading God's word, it does something in us. We really do start to believe it, and it really does transform us. And I thought I would just share a few tips that have helped me to believe these truths, God's truth. A few of these I already do, and a few I decided while writing this I'm going to do, because they're really great. The first one is, um, I love having scripture as my wallpaper, which means whenever I go on my phone, the first thing I see before the text, before the emails, before scrolling through social media, I see truth. And what I had for a while was um, 1 Peter 3, do not be concerned about outward beauty. And I would see truth about who I am, that it doesn't matter what I look like, it's who I am, it's about who I am. That's what I would see before anything else on my phone. It's very powerful. The second is having scripture in your room, dotted round. Again, while you're getting ready, while whatever you're doing in your room, doing work or doing your makeup, you're seeing scripture on your wall. You're seeing truth about who you are, about who God is. Again, very powerful. Number three, praying through God's promises and thanking him for his truth and declaring these over yourself. So get scriptures that you love. Could be some I've mentioned, could be new ones. Declare them over who you are. Declare them in your mirror. Yeah, I am God's masterpiece. Declare them while you're walking the dog. Yeah, I am God's masterpiece. Like, like repeating it over yourself, declaring it over yourself, whatever you can. Another is saying sorry to God when we believe lies and thanking him for what is really true. So this is getting rid of your bad thoughts and replacing it with God's truth. This is called renewing our minds. And again, it's a really, really powerful tool. You know, God is so kind and his word is so powerful. If this is something you're battling with, we would love to pray for you a little bit later on. I know that God is just waiting to break in with the power of his word. It really does transform lives like he's done with mine. And now um, I would just like to invite up the wonderful, amazing, very talented Tanaka, who's going to be sharing a little bit more about identity. So can we welcome her up? Hello, I'm Tanaka part of the youth and today I've been given the opportunity to talk about a time when God has spoken to me and the most recent and most groundbreaking time was mid last year when I faced a major identity crisis so that is what I'm going to speak about today identity who am I how many people have stood in the mirror and asked themselves who am I that wasn't me I had established myself as the smart, slightly spunky, dramatic girl called Tanaka. And that was what people around me told me, and that's how I saw myself. And I saw nothing wrong with that. But that was, in fact, a really dangerous place to be. 
my foundations were based on what people thought of me, but people's opinions can change. As a matter of fact, they do. Being dependent on people's opinions was very shaky ground to be on, but I was happy with it because at the time, things were good until it stopped being good. There was an incident that led to these people, my friends, strongly disliking me. Their praise quickly morphed into insults and all those foundations of who I was came tumbling down. That was intense. I cried a lot for the loss of the friendship and also for the loss of something more, which I later realized was like the stability in who I was. But the, the very first moment when I questioned who I was was when I wanted to go to lunch, but I had no one to go with. And my usual routine was messed up. And I thought to myself, who even are you without your friends? And I couldn't answer that question at all. There's this quote that I love that says, you can build your house without strong foundations, but you better hope that the ground doesn't shake. My ground shook a lot. And I found myself seemingly alone and disliked, and there was nothing I could do about it. It was a painful time. And in a desperate attempt to find something to hold on to, I began to believe the lies that they said about me. But that didn't help, as you can probably imagine. It made things worse. But in the midst of that despair, God found me. And he told me to read Ephesians, so I began reading. Each verse brought fresh revelation, telling me things about me that I don't think I ever fully realized were about me. Um, before I went to bed each night, I grabbed my Bible and my trusty notebook and went through one verse each and every night. I wrote four things. The verse, what the verse said about the saints of Ephesus, the one thing that stood out most about the verse, and finally, how the verse applied to me. Here's an example of that process. So first, I started with Ephesians 1.3, and it showed that the people of Ephesus were loved by Jesus, and they were allowed union with Christ. And finally, they were given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly world. And the realization would come at this point when I understood that it applied to me. Every spiritual blessing I then realized that Jesus is my brother and that he loves me and that God allowed me to unite with Jesus. And the truth was interesting and revolutionary. So I read more and more. Every night I did this, applying the word straight to my life and speaking the truth over myself. And it was amazing finding out about who God says I am and also what that meant about who God is and his nature. And I learned that in Ephesians 1 verse 2, that God says he has given me grace and peace. And in Ephesians 1 verse 11, God says that he chose me and he loves me. And, I, and also in, no, that's it. <laughs> and I could go on and on for a while, but I only have a small window to speak in. So I would recommend independent reading of Ephesians. But as a result of this, revolution, this revelation, I began rebuilding my identity. The key difference was that this time I built it on the living words of God, the truth. It took time, don't get me wrong, 
the recovery process was long and hard. Four months, in fact, which for a 15-year-old was a really long time. And it was a gradual recovery. But with each step I took, I grew in my relationship with God. And as I began to know the truth about who I was, it was groundbreaking, well and truly. But it gave me time to fix my foundations. So even though I did go through that difficult time, God used it to help me grow. And now I know that I am his child, who he loves so much, even though my old friends didn't love me anymore. He loved me then and he loves me now. <laughs> I know that he allowed his only son to die for me. And that is how much he loved me, even though my, those other friends didn't want to associate with me anymore. I know that he decided to save me and nothing I can do, have done or will do will ever change that. And, I finally, and finally, I know that I am chosen by him, regardless of anyone's opinion of me. He still chose me. So can I invite you all to stand? Because I really want you to know that this applies to each and every person. So can you please put your hand on your heart and repeat after me? God loves me. Through everything, I may face. Through everything I may face, God sent his only son to die for me. God chose me. Um, can I pray for you, everyone? Um, Lord, I just thank you for this special message that you've prepared today, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for the fact that we have an identity in you, Lord God, that isn't based on anything that can change or any people or anything around us, Lord God. It's on you, and Lord, I just thank you for that because it's based on your truth, and nothing we can do can ever change that. And that is the rock, that is our foundation, Lord God, and I thank you that it, you have given us your word. And, Lord, it's good and it's true. And we love you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. This applies to each and every one of us. This is our true foundation, our identity. So I... That's all from me, but I'd like to pass over to the wonderful Sachin. <laughs> it's packed in here, boy. <laughs> the more, the better. The more, the better, you know. Um, I'm Sachin, and I'm 18. I'm on a sports scholarship at Bedford School and I'm currently studying maths, physics and design technology for A-level. My mission is to make heaven as big as I can and hell as small as I can. Part of my story is that I was brought up in a family which has a mixture of nominal Christianity and real Christianity. From a young age, I've been a Christian and I've been encountering God, um, but I've had a lot of problems along the way. I used to steal a lot, which my household don't know much about. I nearly started selling drugs. I've had aggression problems. I've had panic attacks. Um, and um, about a year and a half ago, I was in a position where I was fighting for my life, where I hit a rock bottom place. Um, I was having deep 
uh, depression and I was having suicidal thoughts. But because of Jesus Christ, I'm here today. I want to let you know that no matter how deep your pit is, Jesus Christ is there and he is more than enough. And I want to let you know that hole in your heart, only Jesus can fill that. I declare over every suicidal person today that you shall live and you shall not die in the name of Jesus Christ. Also, also I declare the mind of Christ over everyone who's, who's suffering mentally in the name of Jesus Christ. I have a real passion for evangelism and preaching the gospel. The word gospel means good news. And I believe it's the most powerful message. The Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is that Jesus Christ humbled himself, made himself nothing, and died a criminal's death on that cross for our sins and mistake. Then he rose again from the dead for our justification, which means right standing with God. The gospel is that the God of the universe gave everything he had so that he could have us. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin so that we, that's me and you, might become the righteousness of God. Jesus paid this wonderful price, and a lot of people don't know about this. Over two billion people have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it breaks my heart. The Bible says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The main reason Jesus came was for the salvation of man. I believe it's time for soul winning to come back into the church of the UK. And I believe it's time for the church to wake up to their created value. I believe that our main mission as Christians is to let people know about this wonderful Jesus so that they might be saved. Friends, I want to share a short story with you today about a Muslim taxi driver. I was on the way to school and basically I got this Muslim taxi driver communicating. And then I started talking about Jesus with him. And I told him how much he loved him. And I gave him the simple gospel. And I told him parts of my testimony and how my mum was healed on a life support machine. And the power of God hit the place. And the taxi driver on the spot in that taxi gave his life to Jesus Christ. I realised that the man was really impressed with me and he could, do, uh, he could see something amazing about me. And I believe that what he saw was Christ. Friends, God is love and love is attractive. Church, I wanna let you know that there is power in your tongue. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. I've shared the gospel with many people and you know, a lot of the time before I tell someone about Jesus, my feelings are all over the place. And the only way I can put it is it feels like it's the end of the earth. But when I open my mouth wide and I tell people about Jesus, the power of God hits the place. I want to tell you, friends, walk by faith and not by sight. 
Walk by faith and not by feelings. Don't let your feelings determine whether somebody receives the gospel or not. Your words can change someone's eternity. Friends, I believe that Christianity can be made very simple. You read the word of God, you believe the word of God, and you do it. And if you grasp these three things, you can walk in the fullness of God. Church, God has been showing me very clearly that a wave of revival like never before is hitting the UK this very present moment. And it's going to spring out to the ends of the earth. And God is looking for vessels and workers who will say, send me, and are willing to die for the gospel. I believe that God is saying, go, and he's saying that the time to make a decision is short. The wave is waiting for nobody, and if you join it late, God is saying you'll miss out on something special. Friends, a mighty man of God said, don't pray for revival, don't wait for revival, don't dream about revival, but be the revival. My spiritual mum, Sarah, one of her favourite stories from the Bible is the woman and the alabaster jar. If you've never read this, um, I'd recommend going and reading it. It's a really heart-moving story. And personally, I believe that the greatest alabaster jar that we can give God is ourselves. When we talk to God and we say, God, I'm giving you myself, it brings such joy to the Father. The Lord spoke to me a little while back and he said to me, I'll give everyone a Ferrari, son, but it's up to them how much they want to press on the accelerator. What he was saying was that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in every single Christian, but it's up to them what they want to do with that spirit. It's up to them how far they want to go. And I want to ask you today, how far do you want to go? How much are you willing to press on the accelerator? Are you going to tap it down or are you going to slam it down? The choice is yours. Before I go, I want to thank my spiritual mum, Sarah, and my mum. I love you both and I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for you two. Church, I want to challenge you today to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and tell at least one person about Jesus Christ this week. If every member of this church told one person about Jesus every day for two weeks, over 14,000 people would be reached. And if this was done over a year, over 364,000 people would be reached just from King's Arms alone. Thanks for listening. And if anyone wants to know more about Jesus or are thinking about giving their life to Christ, I'd love to chat to you after the service, so feel free to find me. And if you're sick, I'd love to pray for you. Last service, um, a man, um, I laid my hands on him, and uh, he said he felt a fire. Uh, he said he felt a heat in his body. And the Bible says, you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And, I, and that's a believer's right. And I believe that every believer here has the right to lay hands on the sick and, and see them recover. God bless you all. And let's shake the UK.